The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your health care provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have you ever suffered from just losing it under the littlest provocation? Somebody opens up a potato chip bag, they just slam a door a little bit, and you like start to cry. Have you noticed that you just can't get to sleep, or you just don't want to go to bed? And even when you wake up, you're irritable, moody? If you've noticed that you're starting to get you can't stay happy no matter what you do these days. You're always losing it or just plain irritable. Today's your day because we're going to discuss why are we so moody. In today's world, it's very common to see people just getting aggravated, angry, either losing it in traffic, losing it in the supermarket, losing it on Facebook or online, just losing it. What are we losing? And why are we so moody? Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you how to use mind, body, and medical intuition to learn how to be on an even keel. We're taking your calls. U.S. and Canada, 816-251-3555 from within the U.S. and Canada. And remember... We're live unity. OnlineRadio.org is live. Live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. But remember, you can listen to the show every week on your favorite podcast provider, as well as join the live show every Wednesday with a, with a question, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. East Coast Time. So, what makes us moody anyway? I'm going to use this in plain English because everybody thinks that if you're moody, oh my God, you must have bipolar disorder. That's just not the case. You might notice that during certain times of your life, you might blame it on your environment, like that noise that went off around me when before this radio show. I unplug everything. I don't even know why noise came out of that machine when it's unplugged. I don't know how that works. You do everything you can to keep your environment on an even keel, and yet you notice you're not on an even keel 
you're moody. Why is that? Why are you more emotionally vulnerable, less tolerant to people around you, sights, sounds? Why is that? Well, it could be genetic. People in your family just could be moody. Maybe some people in your family do bi have bipolar and you have less of that apparatus in your brain. The circuits between moods, fear, anger, sadness, love and joy, each one is like a shift, a gear in your brain, shifting from normal mood to joy, to love, to fear, to anger, to sadness. If you're going too precipitously from one mood to another, that's moody. Usually, people notice that their mood shifts in proportion to what's going on in your environment. Someone slams the door on your foot, you get aggravated. And then you go back to calmness again. And then the doorbell rings and right in the middle of nowhere you realize somebody's trying to sell you pots and pans, you get aggravated. And then you go back to that calm place. However, if you find you're losing your calmness in just the slightest provocation, like one of your cats meows, and you can't handle it. Or the child asks again, you know, are we going to go, you know, for a drive or whatever? You just can't take another person asking you for something. There's something wrong. So you go and you take a checklist. Just like looking on your dashboard in a car to find out why your car is acting up. You take a fearless inventory for why you are emotion, emotionally uh, off-center. Yes, our emotions are part of our body's intuitive guidance system that let us know we're in physical pain, we are running low on blood sugar, we have an imbalance of vitamins. These are longer-term things. We're not getting enough oxygen in our blood. There's a biochemistry that's messed up. I call that the dirty water, the dirty dishwater system. That if we have biochemical changes, there's a dirtiness in our chemistry. We either have too much sugar or not enough. It's too, it's too hot around us or too cold. Our hormones are too high or too low. The barometric pressure outside is dropping. Our hormones are changing. <coughs> Either way, something's changing in our biochemistry. It makes it not as clear as it usually is. Clear meaning in a way that your moods can be easily read by you. Then, of course, there, is the, there are the environmental changes. These feel like in your brain, like tangled hangers. You know what that's like. Usually when you're calm, you go into your closet and there might be four hangers there, a little tangled. You just calmly take one apart from the other, from the other. 
However, when you're in a state, just three hangers put you over the edge. This is what I call the tangled hanger syndrome. There are too many things close to you. There are too many people. There's too much noise. There are too many lights. Similarly, there isn't enough. Some people have a phobia of being alone. It makes them anxious and on edge. Similarly, we can be on edge from too few people. Absolute silence and absolute dark. Absolute absence of stimulus, of stimulation, and even boredom can make us aggravated. Ah, that's tangled hanger syndrome. And then there's the, what I call all the lines are busy. Well, you have too many mental demands. The family's calling you. They got this one and that one. There's a baptism and then there's a funeral and then so-and-so's going through a divorce. Everybody, so all, they're calling you. And then your partner, they're having a problem with work. And so on and so on. Work is calling. You're backed up on that project. Fourth center, your parents are calling you. They have some issue going and on and on and on. So you have all these lines down, all these lines busy. And just when you think you put out one fire, another one buzzes through, another ring, phone rings in your environment, and you have yet another person. Ring, 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 all those phones calling. I remember when I was working as a med student in the ICU, every room had five different pieces of equipment and each one had an alarm. And I sat at the nurse's station and all the alarms, all the buzzers, I went stark, raving mad. I saw several nurses just sitting there, absolutely nonplussed. I was a raving lunatic, foaming from the mouth. I think in about 10 minutes, couldn't handle it. And ill-suited for that job. They had a capacity to handle it. I asked them, how can you tell the difference between a normal buzz and an alarm? And they looked at me and they had no idea. I can handle about three lines. They could handle 17. I don't know. And when there was an alarm, they simply got up, put the chinko wing down and walked over to the person's room. I don't know how they did it. They knew intuitively what was a real serious alarm and what wasn't. And they knew how to put it out. I don't know how they did it. But if you are, have emotional vulnerability, you can't. And so every alarm is a serious alarm. Every phone ring is a serious ring. And you have hypervigilant epinephrine is coursing through your veins and arteries, and you can't handle it. And then there's the all lines are down. You are so emotionally afraid. You've been responding to everything and you have been getting nothing in back or you've not been having enough time to give to yourself that you've run out of serotonin. You've run out of dopamine, norepinephrine. You, like in a car, your battery is down. You have no electricity. There's no gas and there's no water. Suffice it to say, the car stops. You stop 
all your lines are down. And that is, you stop. You are empty, you're alone, your life is at a crossroads, and you are stuck. And that is when no one can reach you, and that's when you turn to spirit. Each one of these times is when you're moody. And each time, whether it's caused by grief, loss, brain chemistry, we have to address it in a specific yet different way. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we're talking about why am I so moody? If you want to know solutions of today's show, you want to go to my Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2, or go to my website, www.drmonalisa.com. If you can't get on the line today for a private reading, go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com for a private one or two hour reading. We will go to line three, Araceli. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi, doctor. Um, this is Araceli, and I've struggled with my weight. Back 11 years ago, I had breast cancer, and I was Wait a minute. Don't say Hold on a second. Hold on. The first thing I see is, yes, that was traumatic. But before that, there was a problem in a relationship that was very traumatic. Okay. And you're reeling from the breast cancer, but and you think your health problems are from the breast cancer, but part of it is second center and fourth center, second center relationship and fourth center grief. I see you're a very cooperative person and you'll do whatever you can to seal over a problem. But predating the breast cancer, there was a relationship in which you were trying to get along with someone in a family. They can be charming, charismatic. However, they went after something that was a betrayal for you. You were trying to have a partnership with them and there was a third person involved that hurt your feelings. It injured your sense of self-worth, self-esteem, and made you feel that you were no longer needed. I see somehow that has been covered up. You've tried to put it behind you, but that still sits in your body. And it makes it hard for you to get those kind of nutrients you need. And unfortunately, your body lets you know that through symptoms of health issues. I understand that all illness is always in part due to diet, genetics, the environment, and so on. You've tried to make up for this problem by getting happiness from all the other areas of your life other than this one. Who do you live with, Araceli? My family, my husband, daughters. Who are you living with? You're 52? Yes. How long ago did you have breast cancer? 11 years ago. Oh, so let's you, see. You were 40. Years ago. 
You were 40. I was 40. Mm, yeah, 41, actually. Yeah, 41. You were 41 when you had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. What was going on in your life when you were 39? Around that time? Has a relationship problems with my husband. What kind of problems? Just, were you uh, trying to have a relationship with him and some third person interfered, made you feel like you weren't, weren't wanted or needed? I guess. Just don't, I, I don't feel like I'm wanted or needed by him anyway. Okay. First of all, I'm going to be, because you're very spiritual, you're very emotional, and you've done a lot of work. But right now, what's going to help you is speaking in plain English. What happened back then to hurt your feelings? What did he do to make you feel that you weren't desirable? I guess maybe I just always felt that way towards him. Or that's the way he's always been. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Listen, women who have breast cancer, the studies have been done. You can see this in the book, Awakening Intuition. They're in the footnotes. I wish you had told them that you had another name other than Araceli. Next time, call in and say your name is Deborah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Or Bambi or something like that. You know what I mean? Oh, well, okay. Araceli is Araceli. Why? (laughs) Because your name is is recognizable. You know, how many Araceli do we have here? Okay? Yeah. Suffice it to say. Women who have breast cancer have an increased risk of hiding their emotions behind a brave and stoic face and staying in a relationship despite the fact that it doesn't emotionally fulfill them. Are you following me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Totally. Your voice sounded clearer. You blame this, <laughs> okay, on you. I'm not blaming it on anybody. I'm just making it a declarative event. Mm-hmm. Like you were driving your Volkswagen down Route 1 and you collided with a Toyota. You see how there were no, there's no blame? I didn't even say so-and-so hit so-and-so. I simply said, you were having a relationship with someone and a third person interfered. In fact, I'm not even saying it's your husband. I'm saying the third person interfered. And it made you feel unwanted. Do you get it? It doesn't hold anybody blameless. A third person interfered, and that event made you feel unwanted. Who? Let me make it easier. I'm pulling teeth here. Who was the third person? You can't say A friend it. of mine. No. Oh, wow. Okay, so now I get it. So that's a double betrayal. And you hold that on your chest. And you medicate that. And you either... Anger goes to our adrenal gland. Every mm-hmm. emotion, every emotion has a, a prototypical reaction with biochemistry in our body 
That's a book by Antonio Damasio called The Feeling of What Happens. Sadness makes things sag in our body. Fear makes things shake. Anger makes things hot and tight. Hot, H-O-T. Apparently, my, I have an accent. I'm not aware of that. Or a speech impediment. <laughs> Suffice it to say, anger, I'm not saying don't be angry. I'm saying if you can't name it, you can't fix it. That's a direct quote from Dr. Phil. Who knew you'd be hearing about Dr. Phil today? Suffice it to say, I'm looking at this show, that if you can't name that emotion, respond to it effectively and release it, it goes down into your body and affects your adrenal gland, takes whatever body fat you do have, converts it via progesterone, which is a mood stabilizer, to excess estrogen, mm-hmm. which is a brain irritant that makes you moody. And then it converts <laughs> the, pro- yeah, uh-huh. It makes the progesterone get converted, of course, to cortisol, like being on steroids makes you irritable. Are you following me? Yes. So that's why Chinese medicine, they say anger, excuse me, liver meridian, which is excess estrogen deficient progesterone, is anger. And it's why we have choppy emotions. And anger affects our breasts. Does that mean you cause breast cancer? No. Does that mean your husband caused breast cancer? No. Does that mean your friends cause breast cancer? Well, she's not your friend. And no, that's not accurate. Hiding your emotions behind a brave and stoic face. Staying in a relationship, I don't know which one of it is, that's not emotionally satisfying. And I'm not saying leave them either. But what you're doing, your take-home message was that I'm not lovable. And read, she was, which is ridiculous. Do you understand? Yes. Are you still living with him? Yes. Are you still friends with her? Yes. Hold on while I get a knife in the kitchen and cut out my heart. (laughs) I'll be back in a second. I look at your head. The people at Unity are going, no, no, don't do it. Say it, you won't. (laughs) I look at your head. Vision, hearing. I see an increased susceptibility of a kind of dizziness, vertigo. Imbalance feeling in the left side of your head. I don't know if you have upper respiratory tract problems, middle ear problems. There's something different with the fact that I can't, I keep losing my mouse here, but there's something different about your middle ear system. I look at your neck, I look at your thyroid, I look at your heart. I see increased susceptibility of having hormonally sensitive densities in both chest walls, densities that tend to calcify. You have to be careful of that. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. You crave something. I can't figure out if it's carbohydrates, chips, salt, something you crave. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, Uterus, left ovary, red ovary, and cervix, if you still have them. I see problems with libido. I see problems with the density in your hair. 
I see unhappiness. And the kind of irritability that you try to hide. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Well, I, well, I thought it was the tamoxifen that I took many years ago that's blamed for my hormonal uh, weight gain. Can I tell you something? Oh, wait a minute. Now wait a minute. Blah, 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 blah. I took tamoxifen for five years. I, let, I had bilateral invasive breast cancer. Are you following me? Mm-hmm. It is possible to take it, gain a little bit of weight, a little bit of weight while you're on it. But that's not, it puts you immediately in a menopause. Yeah, though it's that's high, what it I know, it does. That's what it does. And though a lot of people have difficulty maintaining their weight during menopause, it's possible to maintain your weight during that time and maintain your weight afterwards. But your situation is that you're unhappy and angry. And anger is the most weightogenic emotion. What do you crave? Being loved, I guess, and being actually happy. You're not happy. And I know. No. What food do you crave? Not really anything. If the groceries are I just mean, delivered, what, if the groceries are just delivered, what do you reach for? before people get to it? Well, depends on the groceries. <laughs> Probably chocolate. That's it. That's phenylethylalanine. It's dopamine and serotonin, something like Wellbutrin. You need to go to someone and get your mood adjusted. You need to also go to someone and talk about the state of your marriage and your mood since that affair. Are you following me? Okay. Yes. And you need yes. to talk about why or how you stay. Do you get it? Yes. I usually ask when a person has a life-threatening health problem. If you got rid of your health problem, what would you do with your life? Then I can't do that. You got rid of your health problem. What are you doing with your life? And you can't mm -hmm. say, love my family, travel, or stuff like that. You would have done that anyway. As a consequence of having breast cancer in the rear, rear, rear view mirror, what are you doing differently with your life? Is this life? I want you to hold well. on, okay? When we come back, we're going to talk about why am I moody? You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa.
Welcome back. We've been talking about why am I so moody? We've learned all the different reasons how we can be moody. We've learned that there are hormonal reasons, there's viral reasons, but we've learned that if you set aside your needs for a very long time, if you're always addressing everybody else's needs, like phone lines, and as a result, you have a kind of emptiness inside, you're likely to get moody. You'll end up being like a bunch of tangled hangers where if there are too many or too little people around you, you'll get moody. If there's too much or too little sound, you'll lose it. If there's too little or too much excitement or stimulation, you'll get moody. And then when it comes to vitamins, sugar, nutrients, water, warmth, heat, coolness, if there's too much sugar or too little, you'll get moody. Too much water or too little, same thing. It has to be just enough. And then when it comes to rhythm, we all know what it's like to listen to a radio show for too long. You get stuck on the classical channel. You start to nod off <laughs> if you're listening to that on the radio. On the other hand, if you listen to, I don't know, Studio 52, which is all disco, you start to lose it too. It's too fast, too fast, too fast. The idea is we need a regular rhythm. Sometimes we change it up a little bit, but our sleep, our hormones has to be on a rhythm. And if it is constantly off, we'll get moody. Our sleep, hormones, immune system are all on a, a rhythm. If we don't have that, we'll lose our emotional balance. We will go to, back to line three, Araceli, are you there? Araceli, you're there? Yes, can you hear me? Okay, yes. What I want you to do is do something from a book by Marshall Linehan. It's based on DBT, mindfulness. While you're talking to that practitioner, I want you to accumulate positive emotions, positive situations in your life that have nothing to do with your husband. There's something called the Pleasant Events Activity Scale. Every day, I want you to have a schedule of something you do that gives you joy, that you don't do anything else during that time. I have these little activities set up in my house. It's like, you know when you have a kid, you bring a little bag around so that if you're waiting for the doctor or something, you take the activity out and keep the kid busy so they don't get whiny or lose it or have a meltdown. People don't realize that when we're moody, we're like a kid whiny and having a meltdown. So you have to have your little bag of activities. Usually with the kid, it's Legos or a Game Boy or something. And believe it or not, with me, it's Legos, a Game Boy. <laughs> I have these things that I do to make me happy. And if I don't get to do them every day, I get aggravated. I need to have them my time. 
So you have to have your bag of things. And I think you've done, you think that the things that will make you happy are your children. But you've sacrificed yourself and now you're running on empty. So you have to get a pleasant activity schedule. The second thing is I want you to build mastery. Start to get some kind of skill that you're going to start to be good at. My Aunt Nancy, when she lost my Uncle Tony, started taking swimming. I never could believe it. She ended up swimming a quarter of a mile every day. I couldn't swim a quarter of a mile. And she was in her 70s. She did it every day. And she built mastery on it. She got better and better and better. So I want you to do something, possibly with a friend, in which you start, whether it's pottery, watercolor, something that makes you feel better about yourself. And then I want you to start to take better care of your body under supervision. But these are things that you do to love on yourself. Because on some level, you don't think you're lovable unless someone is acting loving to you. And those things have to be separate. Do you understand? But you have to consider taking coenzyme Q10, 400 milligrams to 600 milligrams a day. You have to talk to your doctor about your mood, big time. And you have to exercise aerobically 30 minutes a day. Do you understand? Yes. Good luck. You take it easy. It's not all. What was about the name the of the book? What you was the book? You, you have to go. You have to go to someone who knows DBT. It's good for people who have PTSD, trauma, um, moodiness. It's also been used for personality disorders or bipolar 2, which you do not have. So that's not why I'm suggesting it. I've taken DBT and I've taught it. It's very good for people who can learn how to regulate depression and anxiety. Okay? Okay. Thank you. Good luck. You take it easy. We will go to line four. Kimberly, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi. Um, I just want to thank you for everything you do. I really respect what you do. Oh, thank you. You're very kind. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm just going through perimenopause, um, 52. So, um, the physical changes, the weight gain. The, okay. First of all, know. Kimberly, the first thing I see is you're very porous, like a paper towel and sensitive. Okay. The thing yeah, is you're so sensitive, sensitive mm-hmm. that, um, you'll pick up everybody's emotions, not just the people in your house, the next door neighbors, everybody, everybody, everybody. I'm an and, empath. Well, you're an empath on steroids. I see some, <laughs> a couple of people, literally, I see a couple of people near you that have come to an ending in your life. I can't figure out if they've literally left on a jet plane from the earth. They've left you or they've got a sickness or something. Whatever it is, you watch them suffer. And it's very, very painful. And if you can't ease their suffering, you carry that, their suffering in your body. Okay. This has gotten worse because the area for censoring intuition is our frontal lobe. And our frontal lobe in our brain, the lid, the top of our head, is usually coated in hormones. But as we get in midlife, the hormones get lower and thus... The lid falls off, and we lose it. That's why people say, I'm losing it. 
Yep, you're losing it. You're not able to keep your intuition, your emotions under wrap. And if you empathically pick up people's suffering, you're going to pick up the suffering and you're going to suffer along with them, which is why they say, I feel for you. Yeah, you do. You get cortisol mm-hmm. and you carry their cortisol. Who has been suffering around you? Um, I, I don't I don't have anybody right now. I've had people in the past. I would Who's say. the past? Um, like I had a mother and she's, she's passed away though. How long ago? Uh, 2014 or 20, 2004. Uh, who lives with you? Uh, my husband and my daughter, my son's at college, but he comes home summers. How Um, old is your your daughter? She's, she'll be 18 in a couple months. How is she doing? Oh, she's good, um, physically healthy, but um, there was a lot of emotional strain that happened. Like um, she saw a friend kill himself, you know, stuff like that. So there's been a lot. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're right, nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) Your daughter saw somebody kill themselves. Yeah, well, yeah, she, she was in the other room, but when he, when they came back in, he was, Okay, wait a minute. Now, I want you to I want you to sit where you are. I may lose this radio show, but I want you to get this. You you apparently say you're an empath, which means you're intuitive, right? Yeah, so I'm, I'm psychic hearing, medium also. Okay, I'm in Maine, and you're in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Your daughter is in one room, and there's a guy in the next room, and he's killing himself, right? Yeah. yeah. So your daughter is your daughter. So apparently she has your empathic genes. She does. So, of course. So she, her, her friend kills himself. So she must on some level feel something's going on on the other side of the wall. And then when she sees it with her own eyes, she feels guilty. Remember me saying there's not, somebody's leaving the planet, I was yeah. trying to say. Yeah. And you feel bad because there's nothing you can do. That's what yeah. hap- happens when people suicide. If only I could have, okay. I did this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you think is happening with your daughter? She was there. Yeah. And so what about you? You're there. You pick up your daughter's feelings. Okay. It's like one daisy chain of intuitive angst. Okay. Do you get yeah. it? Yeah. And so, yeah. How is your daughter doing? Did she? So she was one of the first people to see him. Lack of a better word, dead. Yeah. For God's sakes, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm so sorry. But there was there was counseling. So. Can, oh, you know what? I know that's important. Can mm-hmm. I tell you something? The the. Though that's extremely important, it's debriefing and PTSD. Okay, I get that. Uh-huh. But um, no, it's debriefing after a trauma. But the likelihood of trauma being complicated is if you have a tendency toward anxiety. And an intuitive brain is an anxious brain. Okay. Are you following me? Yeah. And if you're 
intuitive. By definition, you're probably anxious. And so she's her mother's daughter. She must have anxiety and be intuitive. So therefore, she's not the standard person who sees someone has just killed themselves. It's going to have a bigger deal to her. Yeah. Because on some level, she must have, on some level, had some intuitive feeling about it and feel doubly mm. upset. Did you get it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which she may not be talking about. Okay. How, how are her moods? Mm. We're Reiki. I'm Reiki attuned, so is she. So no, 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 no. That may help. I know that may help, but that's like orthodonture. Unless you have a retainer, (laughs) the tooth goes back. Moods are part of our intuitive guidance system that let us know that something's going on underneath. Okay. Right. Right. How how are her moods? Um, not not too bad for a teenager. (laughs) Oh, this is like. Talking to Gomer Pyle. <laughs> but well, you are having, wait a minute. So you are having symptoms. I guess, because she surprisingly is doing very well. Okay. You know, like, you, you would think there would be more of that emotion and everything, you know? How long ago did this happen? Um, it happened the end of August. I look at your head. But she's lived at home. Yes. Oh, yes. And she hasn't she's gone away done. to school. No, she's in um, she's in senior year high school. I look at your head, and you're how old? Fifty-two. Fifty-two. I look at your head. She does get headaches. When the, I don't know if that. You're not supposed okay. to say anything. <laughs> oh, sorry. I look at your thyroid. I see increased susceptibility of making antibodies against your thyroid gland. Antibodies that make it harder for you to have stable thyroid function. I look at your heart. At times, I wonder whether your heart skips a beat, adds a beat, flutters, does this stuff. Okay. I look at your left breast, right breast, esophagus, stomach. I see a red dotted pattern where your esophagus and stomach come together. I can't figure out if you have excess acid, excess bacteria. So wait a minute, don't say anything. You remind me of the Long Island medium. Mm-hmm. I do I don't that know work. why. I know, but I the hair. Oh. The hair and the nails. Oh, I don't know. I don't know why that. Wait a minute. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder. Uterus, left ovary, red ovary, and cervix if you still have them. Yeah. In the past, I saw, you're not supposed to say anything. Otherwise, I'm thinking that I'm controlling what I'm saying based on you going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, sorry, I, sorry. That's okay. I look at, I see capacity to have densities in your pelvis, small densities associated with both ovaries, uterine lining of both. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. I wonder if your skin is sensitive to the sun, certain foods. I look at your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral areas. I see a minor curvature of your spine. Can you please tell me your health concerns? 
Um, just like with going through this perimenopause and the change of life now, um, and there's some weight gain, and you know, so there's that kind of stuff going on. How? What is your hair like? Um. What, what do you mean? What is it like? What do you do with your hair? What do you do with your hair? Um, what style do you use? I, I don't know. I have it. Um. I don't know. Like a bob, I guess. I'm growing it out from a shorter style, but um, bob, a bob haircut. Do I you do your um, nails? Um, no, I stopped doing nail, putting stuff on my nails. I'm very but sensitive. Did you, to but you used to do your nails? Um, yeah, I, like before COVID, I did do um, gel, like you know, getting them done with with like the gel polish. Okay. But I um, I don't do that now. But your skin is sensitive. Yes, and very dry lately since I'm going through the change. I'm very dry. What is your thyroid like? Um, a couple of years ago, I had blood, all my blood work and thyroid was fine, um, but just low in vitamin D. And your digestion? My digestion, um, it's up and down. Um, sometimes it's great. And then sometimes I have like, I'll get, you know, constipated or something like I'll have some issues. So it kind of, it kind of fluctuates. Your digestion is like a, um, a warning board for what's going on with the people, the loved ones around you. And it feels like an inflammation along the line of your esophagus and stomach based on what's going on with the people who need you. I don't think you think your son needs you. I think you think your daughter does. You started to tell me before I interrupted you, your daughter gets headaches? Yes. I thought you told me there was nothing that went on with her. Well, no, I mean, I, I forgot about the headaches until it just does came she up. Have, does she have headaches now? She had one this morning, but it's gone. How often does she have headaches? Um, I don't know, maybe once a week. Okay. My suggestion is believe it or not, I think you're healthy. Thank However, you. that you rarely hear me say that, and that's hard to be if you're a medium. <laughs> However, you're about to have a little bit of an issue because okay. you're going to have to figure out how to have a boundary between you and your daughter. Your daughter has headaches. And yeah. that is a hormonal liver meridian kind of thing. And what? I'm sorry. I don't buy this whole thing that he commits suicide in the next room and we all live happily ever after. You don't do that when your mother's a medium. It doesn't happen. It has a different meaning. And if anything, it just is different. And I'm not at, you can't talk to her about it. Okay. But I would worry that if your health starts to give you more problems, you have to get someone to talk about it. Because you could be carrying the emotion that she won't. If you talk to anybody who's a court in data, I used to work with them. I went and worked with them before medical school. When someone dies, a lot of times their spirit, especially if it's a suicide, gets trapped. Oh, what am I saying? You're a medium. They, the spirit gets trapped. And it yeah, we can't heard go from. to the other we side. So the thing is, it gets it, it kind of hang, hangs 
on somebody nearby and they get pain. And you have to go to a court in data, not the mother. (laughs) (laughs) Do you understand? You can't. You cannot go to the mother. The mother, that's you, is not going to be involved. Do you understand? If your daughter had a gallbladder problem, you wouldn't take it out, right? No. You'd have to go to another surgeon, right? Right. If if your husband had a prostate problem and you were a urologist, is it legal for you to take out his prostate, do something with his prostate? No, you can't do that. That's not right. So you don't do any mediumship for your daughter or this guy. It's inappropriate. As soon as you do, she gains a medium and loses a mother. Do you get it? Okay. Yeah. It gets weird. It's funny. So you got to go talk to someone about it, and you got to keep it zipped when it comes to what you pick up about what's going on with that guy. It gets funny. Because okay. if you talk about it, she can't because it acts weird. It feels weird. I can't explain it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't even figure out how to say that in English. She and might I worry that ask... she's manufacturing the experience okay. based on what she learned from her mother. Oh, okay. You know that what makes I'm saying. Sense. I am saying that makes something sense. honest. Okay. It does. It's a lot of times it happens, and then the kid says, "You know, just want to do it. It's not cool." So you want to keep your experience on your side of the dance floor and her experience on her side of the, but you don't. You're going to carry it in your body? Mm-mm, no way. You're going to get someone to talk about it. And if she starts getting headaches, you are to bring her to a neurologist. And if they say it's clear, then you bring her to somebody, a therapist or something, and they deal with it. And if she says, "I want to go to a medium," if she says it, you don't say, "Would you like to go to a medium?" No. If she says it. Then you bring it to someone that has nothing to do with you professionally. Do you get it? Yeah. You have to do that. Because otherwise it gets creepy. Okay. Does that make sense? Preferably someone who doesn't yeah. speak English and has nothing to do with your um, your circle of friends. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Um, can I be picking up two on my husband's? Health issues? Because I felt that. No. Can I tell you why? No. Okay. Because actually I picked up that someone was dying or had died. But I didn't want to say okay. that. You don't say that. My way of saying it was leaving this area. <laughs> Your okay. husband's not leaving this area, is he? No, no. And the other thing is, is that's the key. It, as soon as you start to be a medium for your husband, he loses a wife. Let me put it this way. If you were a psychiatrist, would you prescribe medicines for your mother? No. no. Then you can't be a medium for your husband because it gets peculiar. Okay. Do you get it? Yeah. I know you understand this. And you won't be able to turn it off. Similarly, if he was a medium for you, that's why it will make you feel moody and moody and moody and moody. You wouldn't know what was a mood shift or what was. You'd be overextended. Your lines would always be busy. You work from 9 and to 5, and then afterwards, you're off. You cannot do that. Do you get it? Yeah, because I did 
um, I totally connected to what, what you talked about, the tangled hanger and the all the lines are busy. Both of them, I felt I had both. You do, which is why you keep a zip with your husband. Even if your, your head starts to wander, you go, nope. You learn um, wise minds, a dear um, DBT exercise. It teaches you how to, in your right brain, be aware of his emotions, be aware of yours, observe, describe, allow, but do not cross that line. And that's a leading cause of moodiness and intuition is that your socks and their socks are being entangled. Their emotions and your emotions are entangling. So you're moody and you don't know if it's your mood you're picking up or theirs. So it's a mixed mood state. Do you get it? Yeah. There's a form of mixed mood state. It's called you can have, we all know bipolar. You can be in a mixed mood state is having, believe it or not, happiness and depression at the same time. So it ends up being irritable, like you have joy, mania, hypomania, and sadness at the same time. So you have a mixed mood state, which looks like irritable, irritability. Similarly, hmm. in intuition, you can be sitting there happy as can be, but you could be picking up somebody at a party who's not feeling good, who's like this dark hole in the corner. And you mm-hmm. walk in the room and you start to feel irritable, and you don't know why when you were fine coming in. You brought this great dish of chocolate chip cookies, and you're real excited about seeing everybody. And as soon as you enter the room, you start feeling irritable. You don't want to know why, because you have a mixed intuitive mood state. You're happy, and they're angry, irritable, moody, moodiness due to intuition. Good luck. I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down. <laughs>